Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today I am joined by my friend for our first episode of 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. Please give a warm welcome to my friend here, Carlton Banks, owner and CEO of Collision Drumsticks. Thanks for joining us today, Carlton. Jared, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Happy New Year to yourself, to the whole Kajabi community as well, all the listeners at home. Thanks for having me. I think that was the longest intro I've ever given so far. So I'm I'm amazed I made it through that in one take. <laughs> I'll tell you what, setting the precedent for the year ahead, I already like it. Oh boy. That. Oh boy. Well, um, just to start things off in traditional format, give us your elevator pitch. Get us kind of like the, the 30 second version of everything that you do. My goodness. So outside of what you've just said, Jared, thank you for the intro. Um, my name is Carlton Banks, CEO of Collision Drumsticks. Started my journey at seven years old where I started um, drumsticks uh, and uh, drumming. You know, that was my vision and uh, became quite quickly involved with that, became involved with the UK's youngest two-room band, was involved in that project for over a decade uh, before pivoting and eventually being part of a drumstick company, later acquiring that business and also graduating with a law degree as well. So that's kind of a little bit more about myself, specifically me. Wow. I can't wait for my uh, 10-year-old to watch this because you started this at seven. He just got a set of bongos for Christmas. <laughs> so oh, he's starting goodness. his drumming journey. <laughs> Good for him. I love that. Yeah. So um, there's, a, there's a lot to that you've got a law degree, you've got uh, an acquisition of a drumstick company. Like, kind of take us to like the the genesis of maybe what started you on this process that ultimately brought you to Kajabi. Like, where is the most logical place uh, to begin? Absolutely. I mean, in in terms of kind of where it started, entrepreneur, real wise and entrepreneurship wise, for me, I would say kind of like right around five, six, seven, eight years old. I mean, you know, I always had that kind of uh, self start attitude there, Jared, and everyone at home. For me, I am selling sweets at school. Um, you know, again, whether it was baseball cards or football, for us, it's soccer. We have a big kind of soccer, um, you know, fan base back home in England. That's where I reside. Um, so for me, it was kind of starting out trading cards and eventually moving on into the kind of sweet side of things. And I, I pivoted away and transitioned into kind of, for me, music. I uh, yeah, saw my friends go on to do great things in the soccer space or, you know, other sports. But for me, whilst those guys were on the field, I was in the, you know, smoky clubs, pubs, bars back home in England, entertaining the likes of their parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Uh, two were in the UK doing what we did best. So for me, I started um, with drums. Um, again, I tried my hand at guitar. I think that's kind of where we all start as drummers. But for me, talentless at it, Jared, unfortunately. And then again, realized mom and dad kind of raising me in this environment of creativity. I always say you kind of, that was the origin for me, listening to the Charlie Watts, you know, Rolling Stones, whether it was Chad Smith, Red or Chili Peppers, whether it was, I don't know, Genesis and Phil Collins. I would always listen and key in to the drummers and I would start emulating what they were doing. And I think it got to the point where my brother and father Father said it's either Carlton or the or, you know or the table as such while I was bashing away on and uh, they ended up gifting me for my seventh birthday my first drum set so coming downstairs going to the garage opening the doors and kind of that's my origin story heart racing hair raising moment of just locking eyes on my kit for the first time and then Kajabi specifically that came kind of midway into my entrepreneurial journey as such and went to again you know did the whole school um, side of things back home in England we have uh, you know primary school secondary school which is kind of like high school in the states and then went on to to do a law degree at college. Um, so 16, 17, 18, went to law school, picked my kind of uh, core subjects, and then that transitioned into that. And whilst I was at law school, I took a bit of time away from the gigging side of things with the band, put a pause on it. As I'm sure you can imagine, a law degree is quite you know demanding and spent a lot of days and hours in the library. I needed to retain my sanity. So I had already started conversations with you know a few different brands. Collision was in its infancy at the time in Australia. That's 
where it originally um, began operations. And I got kind of connected with the owner in my late teens, uh, later became the distributor for that brand and eventually acquired it at age 18. And that was kind of whilst I went to law school. So everything was flowing kind of in parallel with one another. And I'd always given my studies the, the time necessary, the kind of, you know, the respect it needed. But I always kept music and my studies as two separate entities. And when I went to law school, I ended up sessioning, uh, joined forces with an international DJ by the name of Rob Orton. He spent a lot of time touring Ibiza and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time out there. We signed to Sony Soho Square, came back to the UK looking for a young drummer. And it was just the right bar at the right time for me there. And just speaking to him, working with him for four years, kind of law school by day, partying by night, he was sharing this kind of ethos and mindset of Carlton. We can listen to, you know, as many people on the sidelines as we want, but unless we actually take a step on the field, we'll never know what life is like to play the game. So he ran, you know, as I'm sure you'll agree, Jared, and everyone at home, hearing it from someone who had been there, lived it, breathed it, done it. For me, it was that kind of realization of I have never given music the chance fully. I, I feel it deserves for me. And that was a really kind of looking within internal moments and realized from there, I'm going to, you know, graduate degree in hand on the Friday and start full-time collision on the Monday. And then about two years into the process, Kajabi came into my life after my partner in life and in business, Monique, introduced me to this idea of selling a service rather than just as an e-commerce brand, which was, you know, the way we positioned the company to begin with after I acquired it was e-tail exclusively. We saw what the market was doing and realized quite quickly that if we're not, you know, pivoting into new opportunities, we're going to just get left behind. And we were always a forward thinking project centric brand, or at least we like to think ourselves and consider ourselves to be. And for us, we were looking at different softwares. I've watched uh, Mark's interview that you did with their uh, jazz guitar lessons, really, really lock into what he was saying. He, you know, he did his due diligence, looked around various brands out there. But for me, I really, really admired what Kajabi had to offer. And I think it really served not just myself, but I, I felt like it would serve our fans, our artists, our clientele the best way possible out there. So, you know, just like you guys, the best position to serve your clients, same, same goes for us. And we created it kind of uh, two or three years after we had taken over the brand back in 2020, August 2020 was when we kind of subscribed to Kajabi, put it out, for me, putting it out there because, you know, it, yeah. it was a fairly big investment at the time and just, you know, the rest is history as they say. Very cool. Well, I have a, I have a couple things I want to get into. First of all, this one's, did you ever actually practice law? For me, no, I didn't have time because, okay. because as soon as I graduated, degree in hand, and uh, yeah, thank goodness, I guess, because you know I've always got that to fall back on. Should I need to? The degree is yeah. good. So for me, it was something that again, I I spent so much time. I'm sure you agree, Jared, when you work so hard at something. For me, it was important to see it through. Yeah. And I know many entrepreneurs who roll the dice, who say I'm going to put it all out there, chips are in, I'm going to take you know a hiatus. As Steve Jobs or Bill Gates had taken a moment and said, I'm not, I'm going to kind of drop out of Harvard, go back to it later. Never did. For me, it was I want to see it. Through. I wanted yeah. to get the degree and then I can I can take the chance and take that next step. And I did it for me. I did it for the family. Um, sure. Being the first generation to be and have the opportunity to go to college, I was like, I'm going to take that and, and run with it. I just needed to close that loop. Uh, in any case, um, so let's uh, let's dig in a little bit more to like what that process looked like from acquisition. It sounds like this all kind of happened at once. What exactly you were requiring strictly an e-commerce business or was there also a physical presence? Yeah, it was, it was primarily e-com. Um, Ecom only, e-tail only. Um, in terms of kind of, there was a few partnerships, loose partnerships and relationships with kind of physical retail outlets. But the problem I had always faced as a drummer and many artists, I'm sure will agree, is kind of that purchasing experience, that buying experience when it's kind of uh, from B to C in retail. It's quite a challenge. If you get in there, you know, the sticks are at the back, you know, fire. It. I would say when you go into a drum store or music store, it's like Aladdin's cave. You know, you get in there, you walk in, and it just seems to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And I was the type of person that would, 
unfortunately leave with more unanswered questions than I had going in. You know, I would try and find someone who could help me. And for me, at least it was, they were dealing with someone else or they were having a cup of tea or they were just chilling out the staff there. So for me, it was a case of going to the kind of overwhelming kind of attitudes and this feeling of overwhelm for me in terms of an experience. I thought, you know what, we had the position to maintain those relationships. I decided to, to kind of pull them and say, look, we're going to bring it to the UK. We're going to have that. We're going to respect the roots and the origins of the brand. And we've done just that, but you know, we're going to, we're going to take it in a different direction. Um, and I feel like for us, just with, as I'm sure you'll, you know, see and hopefully agree with kind of the change of the kind of tides, the motions, the Amazons, big box retail turning into e-com. I mean, you know, the likes of Kajabi and these platforms establishing themselves, you know, as the place to kind of, you know, provide clients with the best possible service for online endeavors. For me, it just made the most sense to do it online because you can control the narrative, you can control the relationships and the whole buying, purchasing experience. Because for me, I always kind of, whether it's selflessly or selfishly, look at it through my eyes as a drummer first before I then take the next kind of step and see through the CEO attitude and aspect of things. Yeah. Well, let's dive into that even a little bit more. Uh, like, was was that kind of the catalyst for you to, or was it differentiation? What what was it about, um, I guess, your business that made you decide to kind of pivot into co- content creation? Yeah. Great question. For me, I mean, seeing kind of the, the change and tides of change, kind of, I wanted to get ahead of the market because in terms of kind of going kind of macroeconomics of kind of the, the drumming music industry, it's a lot of wholesaling. So for us, trying, you know, for, for the layman musician trying to go online and buy a pair of drumsticks, a, you know, a cymbal or whatever they, they need for their music and their craft, it can be quite a challenge because you go to the company's website, you know, again, there's, there's hundreds of companies out there, so many to count, but often it would be contact the, the kind of retailer. And that just put it, in my opinion, an unnecessary step in the purchasing process. And for me and the experience of hearing it from others, we're very much a feedback oriented brand. So I'm always listening. We're always kind of dialing in and locking into what the client's needs are because if we're not serving our clients, who we serve them? So for me, it was all about listening, hearing of kind of whether it's feedback loops, polls, interviews, you know, just getting on the phone with our artists. We're one, we're one of, if not the only brand to actually have a quarterly check-in with every single one of the artists that we feature on our roster. We have over 300 signed artists and that, that call's taken by myself personally. So there's not many CEOs that literally roll their sleeves up and get into the trenches the way that we like to a collision. And for me, I think that has just been so invaluable and so necessary in terms of understanding the greater picture of kind of where the market is before we need to then position ourselves within that market. So that's why kind of the sentiments there and that's why we decided to do that. Okay. I just, I want to understand the, the industry a little bit better. So when you say you assigned artist, is the process, is this kind of a, is that a marketing tactic for you? Are you signing artists to sell your drumsticks to, is it, is it a marketing tactic or is that your primary customer? Great question. Great question. So for us, I mean, we have hundreds of artists assigned to our brand, but we have thousands of clients around the world. For us primarily, it's, I want, again, as much as I want to be everywhere to everyone, I'm sure we all as entrepreneurs agree, you know, you, you cannot. There's just not enough time in the day and burnout within our industry, within kind of this sphere is real. So for me and the team, it was to try and get the mission and the philosophy of our brand out there, which is to help the underdog artists. We kind of needed the underdog to help us do that. So for me and the team, we started actually giving artists, passing the baton back to the artist, giving the power in a way back to the artist themselves. Because for me, I started off as an unsigned independent grassroots artist, just like the artists we sign around the world. We work from artists of that caliber, who I call the bedroom jammers as such, Jared. And I'm sure we all know who those guys are. Maybe we know friends, relatives, people like that. All the way through to international Grammy Award winners, touring musicians. We work with the likes of Kelly Clarkson's percussionists. Uh, we work with the likes of The Game, The Weekend. So there's a number of kind of different, again, it's kind of polarizing. We work with one to the other kind of 
there in terms of artists around the world. And the reason why for me we need that is to help spread the philosophy, help spread the narrative, help, help spread the community. Because again, for me, it's a case of those guys, whether they see themselves as this or not, they are community leaders. And we want to help them amplify their story. And I want them who are boots on the ground, whether it's Denver, Colorado, whether it's Hawaii, whether it is, you know, the, the beautiful shores of Los Angeles or California. I can't be everywhere to everyone all the time. So to have those guys on the ground, if we can give back to them, we're in the form of an artist discount or, you know, greater yet, even for up to three sticks, we have three tiers within our brand. So there's this development track and we're the only brand in the industry to offer that as well. So unlike most brands where, you know, you get involved with a brand and you don't know where you stand, say COVID comes into play. And unfortunately, you know, you're working with a brand with a list as long as their arm of expectations. And then, you know, COVID kicks in and you don't know where you're at as a musician. We always make sure that on those calls that we have every quarter, we set the narrative, we give them clarity and we make sure the drummers know where they are, whether it's strategies, whether it's making sure we're working on projects together or whether it's just, you know, understanding the expectations of one another. We make sure that's clear to each of our artists. And I'll finish with this. When when I'm first, when I was first starting out, what I needed was a break, was an opportunity, was the opportunity to get in with a brand like Collision. And unfortunately for me, Jared, that was never available to me, especially in the early stages of my career. I always looked, applied everywhere. And many musicians face this and fail. It's 99% of the time as drummers. We're at the back of the room. You know, we're out of sight, we're out of mind. You know, we're on a platform normally, a stage or a you know, riser as such. We're on an island, whether we like it or not. And what I needed was someone to actually hear me, to, to understand me, to at least not even appreciate me as much as anyone else, but to make sure I feel a part of the, the greater picture here. And when I started applying for all these different brands, no calls back, no responses, nothing like that. And there was one brand that did that, and that was Collision. And I, I saw that as the way forward. Because to me, it's about doing business the right way and giving great drummers an opportunity rather than literally sitting back, you know, endorsing the top artists around the world. And, you know, again, allowing musicians to die with music on their lips. And I just think that's the greatest tragedy and travesty that's out there. So if we can get through to these musicians around the world, I mean, we get a thousand artists a month now applying to work with us, you know, any, any way we can. We have to be selective, but we want to make sure we're protecting the integrity of the community always. But we want to make sure that we're working with the right kinds of artists as well. And the artists appreciate just hearing a voice at the end of the phone call, hearing a, you know, I've reviewed your application and we like what we see here. Let's sit down and have a conversation about it. Because I think with the way the pandemic has kicked in, I think really getting on the phone, getting kind of that humanity back, you know, and getting locked in with people. You know, we're in a people industry. It's a team sport. So we want to make sure we're working hard and pulling our part and playing our part. I love it. Well, I'd love to get an understanding, mainly for our listeners, so they can understand like what your, the content that you have on Kajabi, like who is it designed to serve? And what is the goal of, of making that content available? Yeah, definitely. So kind of great picture. We have two arms to the brand. We have the e-tail space and also we have the kind of service space. So we launched, like I said um, earlier, back in 2020 August and um, the service side, which without Kajabi, we wouldn't have launched it. You know, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. And I, I mean that with all sincerity. The reason why for us was because we saw the tides of change when the pandemic set in in the early stages. We were talking about this already. We didn't know what it was going to become, but we felt that there was something necessary within this kind of e-learning, educational, help kind of industry, you know, self-help industry. And there was nothing for musicians. We looked actually initially partnered with a brand. You know, we were looking out there. I'm always a big proponent of, you know, again, you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane. If we can c collaborate and you focus on what your lane and your zone of genius area of expertise is brilliant, I'll do that just the same. But ultimately, I think we've had to become experts over this period. And I think that was one of the challenges, but also one of the blessings as well, because I think it allowed us to understand our clients a little bit better. And how Kajabi came into the mix, we started hosting a number of community events when the pandemic first kicked in. And we did that through Zoom. And I think that's something that every organization around the world in one way or another has adopted this kind of virtual sit down or virtual 
collaborative kind of methodology to what they're doing. And for me, it was, you know, we need to sit down, we need to get the drumming community, act, you know, community activated again. And let's put a couple of dates out there. So every other month, we would put a community event on, have a bit of fun, stir the pot a bit, try and throw some insight and some ideas out there and just give drummers a great opportunity to be drummers again, network, collaborate and grow. And that was initially the unpackaged collision backstage. That was the unpackaged Kajabi supported platform that we later launched. And we thought and anticipate 50 drummers might turn up. We thought if we can get 50 drummers in a room, box ticked, goals achieved. We actually had 250 drummers apply to come and join us on these conversations. Now, if we did that, we'd be there for several hours. We couldn't get through everyone. We had to be fair to everyone. So we, we broke that down into multiple conversations and we, and we made sure we left no other drummer, no other arts behind. We made sure we had that sit down. Similarly with the Black Lives Matter movement, all that type of thing. We had sit downs throughout all of that period. As long as you know there was a discussion to be had, we were going to have it. And that, that's always been the interest and the kind of ethos and sentiment of the brand for me and for the team. And, you know, we saw the kind of feedback we were getting from the, the community, you know, give a great opportunity for drummers to network with other drummers, often for the first time ever, in over 70 countries represented. And quite like Kajabi, it's about bringing the community together again. And for us, we said, well, with it, instead of doing this every other month, why don't we do this every week, turn it into, through my zone of genius, my area of expertise, kind of showing drummers the business side and supporting drummers with the business side of their music, because there's, there's all these wonderful platforms out there for drummers who want to learn something, you know, I say more to their, you know, another skill, uh, you know, strength of their bow, another skill around their drumming, actual playing ability. But what about the drummers who actually want to monetize the music? What about the drummers who actually want to grow their fan base, connect more with their fans? You know, again, try try and build that out into something or kick the nine to five and pursue music as their full-time gig. There wasn't much out there, Jared. So we decided to turn that into what you see today, which is Collision Backstage. And so far, 100 plus members around the world since we started literally, you know, around a year, year and a half now almost uh, ago. And, you know, we're having fun every step of the way. And we launched it in August, you know, in the kind of mid part of the year, mid aspect of the year, you know, again, we rolled the dice, took a challenge because, you know, as, as we know, Kajar, it's an investment. And again, one of my kind of tips for people out there, see software as another team member. For me, that's always been the kind of, you know, mindset I've always had to kind of the software as a whole, you know, we use whether it's a Trello, whether it's a HubSpot, whether it's, you know, Calendly to try and book calls in to have a sit down with us to see if it's the right fit. You know, it, the, these things are here to help us because otherwise we would be paying someone else to do that for us. And for me, I think automation could be used as a skill and, and as, you know, again, a great opportunity for us as, as business owners and, you know, where possible, where appropriate. Because again, I'm not someone who wants to take the human element out of this, you know, the process of transacting, doing business. But we want to make sure that we use the kind of the, the software that's out there and roll them with tides of changes though, Jared. So that's kind of how we got our start as a brand and, and how we pivoted into backstage as a whole. I always say this phrase, pivot rather than pause. And that was the whole idea and notion to kickstart in those conversations back in August of 2020 and prior to that was drummers, make sure you guys are pivoting rather than pausing, rather than stopping what you're doing, putting the sticks down. Because many drummers walked away, you know, and that, that was that was heartbreaking to see. You know, for us, we wanted to make sure drummers picked the sticks back up and actually started focusing on leveling up in that. And we've got a number of artists who, you know, pivoted away from their nine to fives, gone full time in the industry. We've actually hired some of the artists that we actually signed two, three years ago. And now they're part of our workforce full time as well. And, you know, all the same time making sure that our arts are working towards the next milestones for themselves and their music. Very nice. Well, I, I'm even getting into this a little bit late, but like, I think it's important for us to kind of dive into the challenges. I guess I want to understand for all of us and all of the listeners, like what were the challenges that you faced getting this up and running? Were they technical hurdles? Were they business hurdles? What, what, what did you face? In terms of the brand as a whole, I would say acquiring the brand was probably the biggest challenge I've ever had in my entire life. 
life. And I think even more so than the law degree, frankly, because, you know, I'm, I'm third generation self-made businessman. My grandfather was a very successful businessman in his heyday. My father had multiple business interests and kind of seeing those guys do what they had done, you know, and do, do their best work. I was kind of indoctrinated into this mindset. I want to make sure I'm creating my own path, you know, doing something again to, to lead and leave a legacy. So for me, the hardest challenge and biggest challenge was rolling the dice. And, you know, when the time came around and it made kind of sense for the previous owner to say, hey, I've, I've been positioned, I've been repositioned within his full-time job as a marketer. Um, and again, in Australia, the tides have changed. The microeconomics of that country kind of, it was no longer feasible to run it. And rather than kind of see it go down in flames or see it kind of, you know, get eaten up by another brand, you know, merger as such, I said, well, there's fire in my heart and in my you know, lungs to be able to keep this going. And, you know, let me take this on. And, you know, I think it would be unwise of me to say that I, you know, again, kind of going in blind, I kind of had some knowledge and some experience prior to that, but nothing could set you up and prepare you for that acquisition, bringing everything kind of from, an, you know, another territory, you know, halfway around the globe, you know, ge geography of the, the world and trying to see that transition. There was a lot of teething problems with that, kind of getting and acquiring all the assets, kind of repositioning it into the, the narrative and the philosophy, the mission, the goal, the way we wanted to do. It took a couple of years to really get that right, to sit down and actually think about that. But I always say fail forward. That's one of my kind of tips and, and something that I kind of kind of holds me steady and is, is a core pillar of my kind of uh, learning is, you know, just we'll figure it out as we go along. You know, not saying yes to every opportunity, but, you know, with this one, I, I think when doors open, seize them and take them. And for me, that was the biggest challenge I've ever faced in my life. In terms of a Kajabi-related uh, challenge, I would say when we first got started on the platform, I think nothing prepares you for, for launching a new venture. Nothing can prepare you in terms of launching this, this you know, especially online for me. I'm not the best when it comes to tech, but, you know, again, I, I've got the team around me to support me. I had a phenomenal uh, expert at Kajabi who was able to help me along the way, Josh, as well. And, you know, had a lot of fun putting that all together, the shooting of the content. We put, we set a launch date and I was scrambling to finish recording the content because I was a bit of a perfectionist back then, you know, and as, as creators, I think it's fair to say we have that creative and perfectionism streak within us. And it's this internal battle. And within that internal battle, we are our biggest champions on one side, but our biggest critics on the other. And for me, Jared, it was a case of kind of having to overcome that. And, you know, whether it was the law degree or whether it was, you know, again, it, you always look back and reflect. And to me, it's kind of what point to find that kind of reason why you operate in that sense. And for me, whether it was, you know, parents or, or family kind of seeing the success they had, kind of pulled myself to that standard. It was a challenge nonetheless. And eventually, you know, over a few months, few years, worked myself through that and now adopted more of a present is better than perfect attitude. So doing things like this, I'm, I'm not one for many interviews, but when a great opportunity like this comes up, I'll say yes, and we'll, we'll dive in and we'll see how it rocks and rolls. So, you know, you don't have to land 100% of the time. It's, it's you can take I'm someone who takes 99 strikes but if it lands once that's enough for me to lock in and load up and run with and you know I'm, I'm always I'm always that person I've always been that person I'll, I'll always be that person um, so for me those are a few challenges especially kind of as we kind of grow and learn of new softwares and new skills but for me it's you know again it's it's not failure it's not a challenge as such it's, it's, it's a process it's just, just like anything else I gotta ask you, you mentioned you have kind of an entrepreneurial uh, heritage did that help or hurt the situation when you you know when you made the announcement, like, uh, you know, got the law degree, but I'm doing something else. I'm drumming. Like, what, what was the perspective there? I'm going to be honest, like, because I've, I come from such a big family and kind of our stock is kind of, you know, again, whether it's, you know, like a lot of, a lot of the family went into the family business. And for me, it was something that I never really considered or thought why it, it wasn't for me, you know, so kind of seeing them do that and, and what they did best. And, you know, their industry was quite far out. It was like renewable energy and things like that. Uh, I think when 
you know, they, they were growing up and, oh, we're going to go into that, Ooh, that was, you know, early adopters. And stuff. I think when I shared kind of my mission and, and kind of my pathway, you know, this, this industry drumming, drumsticks, I think they had kind of seen that I had already been a part of the industry for such a long time. It was less of a kind of, you know, tidal wave of new. And I think for, for them, it was kind of, ah, well, it's already been kind of weaned into us as a family. We already get the cartons in a band. You know, it's the next logical step, isn't it? To either get involved with a brand, to be, become signed, or to kind of work your way into the industry as a whole. It was just a different avenue, okay. different door. And for, for many people, it's not the not, not the most straightforward door. But for me, it just, like I said, an opportunity presented itself. And, you know, with, with all positive, I want to exploit it as best I can. And when I say exploit, I mean it in all sincerity, all positivity. Yeah. You know, again, for, for the benefit and betterment of everyone, the community as a whole. For sure, for sure. No, that's that's cool. I mean, it sounds like it was... I just can imagine a situation to where, you know, you just finished college and your family yeah, yeah, is yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Kind of rolling the eyes a bit. I, I, yeah. admit, I mean, when I, it was funny, Jared, because at least like the, the family had seen that I'd already... Because I'd already acquired the brand before I started the Lord of uh-huh. So right around okay. kind of 18, in, in kind of the, the UK at least, we go to college at 18. So it, it was, I think, ideally seized perfect timing as such to kind of break the ice that little bit easier you know, and yeah. make things that transition a little bit better. But also, I think, <laughs> I, you know, they, they, they said, go get, you you know, go study. This is what a lot of people within family say, go get the degree, but something is a plan B. But for me, it was just, I'll go get the degree. It's something that I'm genuinely interested in, academically stimulating to me. And once I've done that, I'm going to, I'm going to go out here, go ham, go try life the way I want to do it and roll the dice, you know, because again, you know, life's finite, you know, and I want to look back and say, I, I give my best shot doing something I wanted to do, managing a team, running a business and something like that. That was, that was written in the stars for me, I think. Yes. Yes. Well, I'd love to zone in on maybe like when you, when you first launched, you mentioned you, I think it was like five times the expectations of what you were, you're planning to um, accomplish. Did that change or alter the trajectory in any way in terms of what, like did, did your goals then expand? Like, what did you want to do? Like, how did that alter what you ultimately plan to do with this? In so many ways, you know, in terms of kind of, you know, after seeing the demand of, you know, the, the arts coming at us and saying, we need this, we want this. When, when can it start? You know, we were just listening to feedback. We just spent a lot, rather than run in and race into it because the excitement's there, you can understand the kind of everyone's got this great hype and high of, you know, coming off the back of these successful events. We took a minute to pause. And I think, you know, again, it goes against every born in a musician or creative's body. And, and I, I always say, even if we're not, you know, musicians, we are in some way artistic, you know, as business owners, we've got to be clever. We've got to be able to create, again, position ourselves to be able to paint the picture, the image for our clientele or whomever we're serving. And for us, even of kind of the, the feedback and all these different ideas, can we turn it into some live element? Can we do some kind of office hours associated with kind of the workshops? We started this off by kind of thinking about courses and standalone courses. That's what we were going to do. We were going to do a, whether it was a you know a, an arts resume you know class where we literally focused on you know building out an arts resume press kit as such for the musician, then focusing on kind of their content as a standalone product. So we started actually creating freebies first, and that was the way to kind of build the artist interest, build a bit of a lead list, get things going in that, you know, just to test the waters and see if the market was ready for this. Because um, again, as I mentioned before, there's there's other kind of um, self-help support, e-learning platforms out there, but it's focusing, as you've seen, predominantly on teaching the instrument to the client, to the artist. And for us, we wanted to take a different approach. So we built out a bit of a timeline, a bit of, you know, really essentially a business plan and just this kind of client journey as such before we then kind of decide to build content around that, took our time to do it. We set a date because if we did didn't set a date, it would never happen. We wanted to pull the trigger like a good album launch or a gig. The date's there. 
It's a non-negotiable. We're going to run with it. And and for us, we kind of had to you know work through it. As they say, the show must go on as such. So we had to kind of work through the kinks and get everything prepared content-wise. And we repositioned in doing that, even when we were shooting the content, when we were planning, because as part of our framework, it's, it's it backstage supports our artists by walking through our five Fs. Now, the five Fs are foundational, kind of understand the mindset of the musician before we even take a step forward. Because if we, we don't understand the way we work, all of the knowledge we're about to share with them, it might not go in, it might not be retained the right way they particularly feel is going to be most satisfying and support their needs. Then we focus on audience. Who is your audience? Who are you looking to actually serve? So that's the fans part of it. Then we look into the funding and then we look at the kind of the monetization piece. That's that's the funding. Then the, the formats, the structures and the systems necessary to get the ball rolling with that. And then finally, the future. And that's how we future-proof what they're doing as musicians and make sure that everything is systemized, structured in a way that whether it's an album launch, whether it's a gig or whether it's a merchandise launch, you approach it with the same strategy systems and structures. So we're not worried about creating new all the time, but we're utilizing skills, the insights, everything we had learned previously to just add to what we've already done. So that was making, that that came and it took a long time to get to that point, I'm going to say. And we're still on this learning process, this journey of learning. Um, and I think that's one of our strengths is really trying to listen to, to what the artists are saying. I was, I was taught we've got two ears and one mouth, which means we should listen twice as much as we speak. So for me, even trying to do something like this is really, you know, hard because <laughs> I just want to listen to the advice and knowledge of you guys. But for me, I understand the, 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 the arrangement is such today. But, you know, for the artists at home, we're always listening. We're always making sure they have the voice and we let them direct us, dictate what the next move is as such. They're the yardstick for us. Yeah. I mean, I think you've alluded to that on a number of occasions already. Like, and I, and I just listening to you, I, I can't help but believe that that was truly key to the success of this endeavor. Like there's just no question. Like that's, you kind of described the the magical situation that everyone wants. They launched the thing and five times more people than they ever thought actually wanted this. And, and I, I have to imagine there is a point in time to where you were one of two things. You were either solving kind of, you're scratching your own itch, if you will, or you were, you, you observed something in the market or the space that just, there was a big deficit that needed to be filled. For sure. I think even before we go on, I want to say I'm incredibly blessed. I mean, again, it's, you know, you, you can you can hit 99 times and, and not get anything. And it's the final hundredth time that something lands. Again, you can... I was... I'm always paying attention to what's going on online. Not in that position where you're consuming too much content, but enough to understand what the sentiment of kind of the yeah. industry is. And you know, it's the same with musicians, right? You can you can work on an album or something for a project to search for four four years, get nowhere in the fifth year you get signed. So for me, it was always a case of steering the course. And I'm not I want to really be clear to everyone at home that for me that you know, before a collision, there was also three or four of the benches that didn't work. There was a you know clothing line that didn't land. I've still got the merch to this day, trying to get rid of that where I can. <laughs> even if it's in your freebie, you know, there, there yep. was ideas where I tried to, you know, release my own music, you know, for instance. And I think my mother, my grandparents, they're the, you know, and, and fans of the band, you know, they're the people who uh, who got a chance to listen to that. So it wasn't always plain sale. And I think it's it's fair to say as entrepreneurs, I think you've gone through far more adversity than you ever will success. You know, I always say that and try and remind the drummers of that, you know, don't be seduced by the success, you know, just because you, you're in this position, enjoy every second of it, capture it, document it, because you never know when you're going to get it again but also don't let this be your ceiling as such because there's been so many great musicians out there who've gone to the Berkeley's gone to all the prestigious you know uh, colleges got all the degrees but that was their ceiling and many of these they're the greatest musicians that no one has ever heard of so for me it was a case of making it clear to the musicians and myself and again even making sure that regardless of their listen I'm always making sure I'm dialing into this notion of make sure that it's never enough have that never enough attitude go for more go for gold always always striving and when 
when it com- comes to your question kind of around that kind of season opportunities within the market, I want to say, yeah, we absolutely did with, with both hands. We, we are riding on the coattails of opportunity every step of the way and we're going to run with it as far as it can go. And along the way, we're going to be keeping kind of observing, seeing what the market's doing. You know, if we need to pivot this out, I'm already seeing changes with the NFTs, the whole Bitcoin space, the way that crypto is launching and tra- transitioning even to a, even more so of an online metaverse digital platform. We're trying to position ourselves, whether it's buying land to turn into a stage to give our artists platforms there. We're looking into that with a huge degree of seriousness and, you know, having a lot of fun along the way, even looking at our own cryptocurrency. We're looking at kind of that opportunity and trying to position that into more educational content. Because the thing about it is I'm not going to even try and explain or educate someone else before, you know, on a subject matter before I truly understand it, inhibit it, breathe it and live it. So for me, I've got to, I've got to really sit down and, and understand that before we move forward. Um, and, and for me, it's really exciting. Very cool. Well, I guess uh, for our listeners, uh, I'd love to, I guess, kind of understand like where are you at in the process right now? You've launched, are you in the process of building the next thing? Are you in maintenance mode? Like what's, what's kind of your mindset with what you've created in terms of your services? Yeah, definitely. So I always say to the drummers who are on our platform, we have an artist profile and every once in a while, we always do a bit of spring cleaning whenever that falls. So whether it's in the, you know, the, in the March through April, whether it's through the end of the year, we're always making sure we're tweaking and pivoting their profiles to make sure it's up to date. And the same goes for our platform as well. We're all, again, we're not going to be teaching something if we're not, you know, again, doing it first, leading by example to then obviously instill that kind of within other, other peers or clients of our own. So for us, we're currently kind of in this maintenance mode. We're actually having a big sit down Ironically, this this conversation and this uh, podcast is actually ideally timed because we're doing that this current coming week. So we've given our team, you know, enough of a holiday to get creative. We kind of left them with the challenge, and that was over the winter period when you're back at home with your friends, your family, your loved ones, or behind the kits. Because many of our staff and team are musicians, if not ninety nine to one hundred percent of them, sit down and have a think about what we want to transition this into. Because you know, just because last year worked well, it's not to say that this is the same model that we drive into twenty two. And I'm always a proponent on changing for the better, so I'm looking forward to it. We've got we're gonna we're gonna have a sit down a couple of hours with a three three uh, flow ideas with each other. We kind of use that as a bit of a springboard to, to new concepts. We spend a lot of time stacking and listening to our artists and what they want to see next. Even within the kind of platform, we're pulling our artists regularly. We see ourselves doing a lot more office hour based um, support sessions, and we see because we've done in the past goal setting at the start of each month. Then we transition that into a Q and A the week after. And um, you know anyone who you know knows what a goal set session is understands that we get clear more of it fixed on the goal for the month what worked well last month might not work well this month what do we want to change what goals do we want to pivot into this month then that comes into and leads often into more questions then we have a quick Q&A uh, session you know ideally timed you know precisely timed for the, the second week of the month then we have our experts come in on the third week of each month and that could be a Grammy Award winner um, or international artist that's the model so far um, as well as obviously the, the kind of fixed evergreen content that we have listed on the platform we can always go back to and then we record the, the, the conversations so whether you're a full-time musician or you're juggling nine jobs you know we, we want to make sure that this supports every drummer the every artist and uh, they can catch that on demand so we like that idea of recording content keeping it on a platform but what we're going to try and do is just really focus in now more 
also more masterclass orientated discussions. So having an, rather than kind of bringing the experts in maybe for three videos, maybe condense that into a, a longer running video so that we can get more nuance, more examples, more conversation out of that expert because we felt that we wanted to get the best out of the expert. And I think over the year, I would love to get a bit more out of them. And I think they appreciate that as well. I actually, Paul and sitting down with the artists themselves, that's what they've said. We want to spend a bit more time talking at length, you know, on a, on a key topic rather than it being, say, three 15-minute videos, workbook support in each of them sessions that we write for the artist and the expert. It's it's about making sure that there's maybe one masterclass that gets launched each and every month instead. So mainly just changing the actual framework rather than the content. Having the Because the content's always changing. New experts coming in all the time. There's always something new on our platform to learn. It's about maybe ch- changing the, the structure of the platform to better serve the clientele as such. That's probably going to be the biggest change, biggest shake-up. Because over the last year, Jared, we've had a lot of transitions. We transitioned away from Facebook groups. Not everyone, not every drummer is on Facebook. Not every drummer likes Facebook because of maybe managing pages, bands, things like that. So, you know, we're juggling attitude at times and kind of positioning all, all positive. And for us, it was changing that over from, say, Facebook to what we use, which is a, being fully transparent, is a mighty networks platform. And for us, it was a great solution in terms of having a private members community that our drummers can opt into, irrespective of whether they've got a Facebook or a social media or not. It's a safe space where everyone can come, share ideas, connect with other drummers and get a lot more out of their music than what they would as an individualized drummer. Very nice. Well, I guess tell us uh, a little bit about, or really, I guess, what what has changed for you since uh, taking this journey? Like, how, how is your life different? How is your life, I guess? I don't know. I, I imagine it has to have improved. Like, you didn't expect to get these results. So, like, what, what for you has changed as a result of making this decision? I would say it's been truly life-changing for me, having the ability to pick my own hours to really decide what my day looks like, especially since launching the service side, service arm division of the brand. Because I'm sure for those at home who have retail experience or, you know, even retail experience or even just, you know, understand friends and family who've been in that kind of situation or industry, they know how one-to-one it can be. A lot of, you know, friends and family, I think, uh, you know, overlook the fact that, you know, we're doing a lot of traction organically. We're generating a lot of this demand ourselves, one DM, one message, one connection at a time. So I think what Kajabi, the platform, and I think what Backstage has been able to allow myself and the team is more time back. And I think that time has been able to allow us to pivot and position it to the artists and also back to ourselves. I'll now book a personal day. I I, I recently got engaged to my fiance. You know, I, there's a lot of change going on in my life right now. I'm in Denver, currently in Colorado in the United States. I'm here until February. You know, had I not pivoted, had we not pivoted, it would it's a, I'd be a fool to say it wasn't, you know, it was me and me alone. It was a whole team effort. And through the ideas and exchanges and listening and just changing and pivoting away, we've been able to build the brand we want to have. And that is now not just benefiting myself and the immediate people around me, but now people like Andrew, who is full-time with us. And every day, I think it, it'll allow me to say, is living his dream. And slowly but surely, we're helping other musicians to achieve that and come into their role as musicians and the artists that they want to become as well. So yeah, it's one of those pinch me kind of positions, you know, but very humble, very appreciative. The pandemic has kind of opened my eyes to to really, truly valuing what we have built and making sure that we hold on to every ounce of it. Um, I'm someone who still is battling this kind of perfectionism. I'm a recovering perfectionist, I think it's fair to say. So when a client, you know, the attrition, you know, I'm always trying to get that percentage down, trying to make sure that we retain clients. We're blessed in the sense that we've got a very high retention rate, 97, 98% of our artists stay month to month. And you know, the artists that don't, it might not be a right fit for them, but we're always trying to convince them, hey, what happens if we did this? What would you want to see so we could bring you back? 
welcome you in, open arms, no hard feelings back into our story. Because I, I see, um, and, and I'll kind of round off and, and finish the point on this, for me, kind of social media and, and relationships for me is almost this metaphorical bus. And it, it, we're, we're all chugging along the bus. And at different times, people come on the bus and they sit down and you might have a conversation with them. That, that is clients, that is parties, that's business relationships, that's peers, that's team members, that's everyone. And at certain points, the bus stops and they get off. And that's the relationships. Relationships aren't built for forever. A lot of them aren't. Uh, you know, I hope to have legacy relationships with all our arts, but I've got to be realistic. I'm a business man. We are, we're business people. And and what I've learned to value is the conversation with the time we've got on that journey. And for me, you know, whether it's, again, we pivot again, we're going to pivot a million times throughout this journey. But for me, it's about really appreciating what the business has become for now, thinking forward, but not too far forward that that paralysis through analysis comes back in, but then also pivoting where necessary. So for me, and, and making sure that the artists are supported along the way as well and understanding what they're saying along the way. Well, Carlton, um, Collision Drumsticks, how do people best find you? So for us, and thank you for asking, for, for anyone who wants to find out more, for those who want to kind of lock in with us, you can go to www.collisiondrumsticks.com. If you want to find out more about Backstage as a whole, kind of if you feel it's a good fit for you, collisiondrumsticks.com forward slash membership. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us always every social platform. I think it's at Collision Drumsticks. Um, apart from Twitter, which for some reason it was taken, for us it is Collision Sticks. So if you want to follow <laughs> us there, you're more than welcome to. But if you want to follow me personally, uh, it is Carlton, where it's at Carlton C Banks on Instagram and yeah that's that's where they can go thank you so much for asking yeah very cool and is there just for just in case anything coming down the pipeline that that people prospects should be aware of yes so we've actually over the last few months launched our third mastermind so this is the higher tier form of support for those drummers looking to go pro but now what it, what it really comes down to is speed so a lot of musicians want to get there a lot quicker because you know the conversations that we have in the room backstage are a great starting point but there are those musicians who want more of an intensive environment, hit the ground running, that type of thing for the new year. We've launched our latest mastermind round at collisiondrumsticks.com forward slash mastermind. It is invite only right now. We do accept some applications, um, but what we always suggest is our artists go through and we make it a point for our artists to go through the backstage platform first, see if it's a good fit for you, whether it's annually or monthly. And then if that is the right fit, then we can go from there. That's one of the qualifying requirements that we need to see. Very nice. So if they want in, it, in on it, they better get on it. Uh, jump into it. <laughs> win it, right? You're going to be in it to win it 100%, Jared. For sure. Well, this has been a great conversation to start out the new year. Thank you again for joining today, Carlton. Thank you so much for having me, Jared. Thank you, Kajabi, for everything you're doing. Again, looking forward to, to many more years working together and to be the first for the new year. Let's hit the ground running. Let's smash it. Hit all the goals we want to hit this year. Let's do it. I love it. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you all so much for listening as always. We always appreciate your review. Leave us a review. I'll read and check every one of them personally. Would love to shout you out on the show here. Of course, we have a help article at help.kajabi.com, which will tell you just how to do that as well. But thank you again for listening and we'll see you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.